Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I think you're going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's, let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to the penultimate edition of the NPL Sunday Show on the Brisbane Football Review for Season 2023. This is Scott and Adam with you as usual. Adam, NPL and FQPL Women's Semi-Final Weekend in the books and it was another terrific weekend of action in the women's game. Yeah, it was. Um, some some you know some games that you know obviously you know where one team was you know a lot more dominant than the other, and but there's also some very exciting games. So uh, yeah, overall it sort of sets up uh, it sets up you know, two big grand final matchups next week. It does. So on the show tonight we will recap both the MPL and FQPL women's semi final. Now a quick look at the Metro League grand finals, which also wrapped up this weekend. But we will start with the. MPL Women's Adam, and we'll go to semi-final two first game, which just wrapped up down on the Gold Coast at Coplick Family Sports Park. Between second place, Gold Coast United, and third place, Eastern Suburbs. It was a 3-0 win for the home side, Gold Coast United. Goals from D. D. Thompson from the second one from the penalty spot. Dankett in the 21st, and then Bronte Rosemont at 3-0. And at that point, Adam, it was it was a disastrous start for East. And Gold Coast, it was a dream start for them. And it just continued on in the first half. Gold Coast has put this game away, and... Really, the second half was pretty much the scene the game out. Yeah, uh, Gold Coast uh, United start off on five, and uh, yeah, the, the, an early penalty shout, which was given very clear. Uh, I don't think anyone had any complaints. Uh, Dee Thompson pretty much put the ball nearly through the net with her attempt, which you know is what you, what you want. And then uh, a couple of goals, nice header from uh, Claudia Dankert, which I, I thought yeah, that was probably the goal of the game, and also uh, Bronte Rose uh, doing doing well to uh, turn and sort of you know. And, and sort of shoot from a uh, very nice uh, Zoe Corbett cross. So all in all, that was pretty much game over at 30 minutes. Uh, East sort of they, they they tried as they could, but uh, yeah, look, I think the most the most impressive thing I think maybe for Sarah Evans' side tonight was actually that the fence held up, and uh, like so they kept that clean sheet, which uh, obviously against their opponents next week, uh, the the defense is going to be having a high alert. So it's probably a good defensive performance. Uh, but yeah, they they got the job done done early and efficiently. Yeah, not many teams keep a clear sheet against their opponents for next week. We'll talk about that later on. You're right. You're right. Well, I thought the second and the third goals were two really well worked goals. The second goal from the set piece, Claudia Dankert, they had just really nice movement off of the off the off the shoulder there to get just get that yard of space for the header and a really well worked set piece there. And the third one, I thought the ball through from Zoe Call was absolutely superb. So they did create some good opportunities, Gold Coast as well. And I do think you're right. The clean sheet will also be probably the thing most pleases them because East do have a lot of good attacking players as we saw throughout the season. Zoe Lambie, Georgie Amos, Sophie Pearson, Mario Bruckner, all regular goal scorers for that side. None of them were able to find the score sheet tonight. And there weren't a lot of clear-cut chances either for East in this game. That's right. That's probably the most impressive thing. I thought Moa Hayashi uh, in the middle was just absolutely sublime. Uh, pretty much controlled that game. And um, yeah, look, a couple of opportunities. I know Lauren Askin uh, had an opportunity in the first half that you know, 
we're pretty much, yeah, you know, it was a sort of a non-shot almost, which was, you know, she, she's been good this season. But yeah, I think East, I think they just, uh, after after the penalty in the second minute, they really were put on their heels. They just never recovered, uh, which is which is a shame because they, they've been they've been very, very good this season. But um, yeah, they just, they didn't really show it in this uh, semi-final. Absolutely. And that trio at the back for Gold Coast, in the centre-back and also midfield, Ellie Fryer, Jesse Rashad, and Momo Hayashi, that triangle they have, it gives them real solidity. There's a lot of experience and solidity there. And looking ahead to next week, they're really going to need that trio to, to really play well. Absolutely. it's actually, That's mandatory. If they any chance, those three players must stand up. Um, look, that's, yeah, that's, that's just pretty much what it comes down to. Absolutely. We probably buried the lead here just slightly on this game. D Thompson backing up off her wedding on mm, Saturday. Congratulations yep. to D in that one. And also a dream start for her to get the early goal as well. Yeah, I think it's probably uh, probably a good wedding present was that was given given to her uh, to go goal after two minutes. Uh, so yeah, look, congratulations to her. I know the team was also there. So that the fact that they were actually at the wedding uh, less than twenty four hours before and come out and put that that performance is actually probably a good performance. A good team bonding exercise, yeah. it appears. And for recent times, it's been a good year for East. Adam, they make the finals once again, not quite able to reach the grand final, but they've proven once again they're a very solid NPL women's team. Yeah, they've got they've got a good mix of you know young young players that you know are really sort of coming through. They play like a Holly Clark in defence has been you know for most part of the season she's she's been excellent at the back. Um, the mergers of a, of Maya Bruckner up front, and obviously you have got the experienced guards, you know, Sophie Purse and you know Zoe Lambie, uh, Georgie Amos, like they're three very experienced players. So they. Despite the sort of you know, the inglorious exit tonight, I think they've got a lot to be proud of. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that you know they their side still, if they can keep that sort of that core of the team together, they 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 will obviously challenge in, in you know in future seasons. So so yeah, no, I think uh, they, they, it's probably a um, definitely a pass mark for their season. But there, yeah, they just uh, they just ran into a much more determined uh, Gold Coast United tonight. They did, and Keely Richards also had an excellent season in goal for yes, East, yeah. but not quite able to get them over the line. So that was semi-final two. We'll look at semi-final one now, Adam. That was at Lions Stadium on Saturday night between the, the Premier's Lions FC and fourth place South United. Had to wait to see if they would qualify for the final. They haven't played since the Kappa Women's Super Cup final, which was 15 days prior to this game. It was against the same opponent. And this time it was a 9-0 win for Lions FC. Three goals for Mariel Hecker, three for Tegan Riding, Riding and one for Amy, two for Amy Gunson and one for Angela versus Lewis. So, an outstanding performance from Lions FC. They put this game away really early in the second half, and from that point, they just ran right. Yeah, this uh, this was a execution almost um, by by Lions. Just uh, absolutely demolished South. Who look? I think like you look at that scoreline, say nine nil on the surface. It was two nil at half time. And but South sort of the they um they really sort of you know they they got pretty much you know got left on their heels you know early in the second half where where Lions put in three goals in about six minutes and yeah, that went was, from two nil at halftime to five nil on the hour mark. Yeah, which pretty much that was it. And then obviously after that, as the game wore on, um, a number of their, their experienced players sort of came off. They gave some of the kids a run. And against that red-hot uh, Lions attack, you know, like I said, it was always going to get ugly from there. Look, I think 9-0 for those sort of, you know, that want to say, oh, no, no, that it's almost an embarrassment. Look, I, I'd say that the, the result flattered Lions at the end of the, end of the day. I think you know, it was a, a comprehensive de- demolition 
But nine, I think, was, yeah, I think that was, you know, at the end of the day, it's a team that sort of, you know, that, that pretty much packed up and went home, you know, on the hour mark. It did. They scored a fair few goals in the last 10 minutes or when the game was well and truly won. But the thing we always know about this Lions team, Adam, is they've got really good big game players. And that was on show once again this weekend. Marielle Hecker and Tegan Riding in particular, as well as Amy Gunston. Those three were involved in every single goal and particularly Marielle Hecker really stood up on, in this game. And it's once again, was the big game players at Lions who, who got them over the line. I don't know who's actually more excited about Mariel Hecker's form at the moment, Lions or Brisbane Raw, because she is in absolutely, you know, red hot form. And like I said, she pretty much controlled, she pretty much controlled that the, uh, that game, you know, had the, had the hat trick, you know, down and buried it after 50 minutes. And, and yeah, look, she, she was everywhere. Uh, Tegan riding as well. Um, so she, she got, a hat trick very very late in the game, but like I said, she had she had three assists by then, uh, before she decided to fill her own boots. So yeah, this is a uh, this is sort of you know basically the, the scary thing is that you know Lions they, they really sort of you know went for the jugular, which is, is an instinct that you know most teams in this league do not have. I think you saw it tonight, you know, with Gold Coast United, they get three nil up after half an hour, and they sort of really sort of you know, just just. Played out the game, you know. Obviously, you know, without much. We're Lions. They just they just went for it, huh? and uh, yeah, that, that's that's probably a difference at the moment. It's it's scary to think what they they can do if they go full full, full tilt for ninety minutes. Well, we saw they could do full tilt in ninety minutes last night. It was also not just we just spoken about the the key players, the big game players. Also, the young ones they brought through mm. this year. Players like Georgie Rink, Zara Kruger, Tara O'Keefe, who's been there a little bit longer than the two previously that I mentioned. They were all really good as well. So it was genuinely a full team performance from Lions on Saturday night. And if they can replicate that, they're going to be really, really hard to stop. The obvious, look, the obvious uh, top players out of the game last night were obviously he, you know, Hecker riding and Gunston. They obviously picked up all the goals. But look, I actually thought Georgia Rink, uh, she's been she's playing centre-back at the moment, which allows Cannon Cloth to play in a, seems to be a more comfortable, uh, you know, fullback role. But she, she has been fantastic. Um, she really, like, left, Left you know, Bella Habuda pretty much, you know, you know, anonymous last night. You know, she, and like Bella Habuda, you know, is second in the in the Golden Boots. Uh, but yeah, could not find, couldn't you know, could not find a, a goal again in, in three games that that three league games that, that Lions played against them. And yeah, I think she's an unsung hero. Uh, yep, Tara keeps another one that uh, that also as well that comes to mind that, that probably doesn't have sort of, you know, gets the, the praise it probably deserves. Uh, one other player I'd say that, you know, seems to be almost, you know, just flying by doing their own thing, flying the radar is, uh, is Ish Nori. She, who, you know, with all that's going on, she, she's just there in the background just doing, doing what she does, uh, which, which is unbelievable considering she's the Brisbane Royal women's captain. And, yeah, that she basically she's there and you know pretty much just a, a solid role and and yeah, like I said she she actually you know starts to catch attention as well. I said this side's just it's it's just unbelievable like just how good this side you know can be. It is, and they've got a very very good record over South United. I think it's now what nearly over nine hundred minutes, Adam, since yeah. South scored a goal against Lions, and it's again I think we mentioned it after the Cup final. It's nothing against South. It's just one of those really peculiar stats that just mm. pop up every now and again. It's just almost unfathomable that it can be nine full games without a goal now. Yeah, and also as well, uh, that's it's one thing the defence uh, holding up and, and shutting him out four times a season, but the other scary thing is 19 
goals that South had scored against them in those four games. So, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, South will be pretty sick of Lions, you know, being on the other other side of the pitch because yeah, it's been it's been one way traffic in that in that rivalry, and it has been it has been since uh, 2018. It has, and the good thing with South is they won't have to see Lions again this year. But for, we'll talk about South before we hear from the coach of Lions, Rob Askew. And they did make finals once again this year, South. They had a, they have had a really good year. They started off a bit slow given the start of the year. They had a bit of, I think they had a lot of interruptions early on in their season. And so to get into the top four once again ahead of teams, probably like Capalba, who you might have thought would get in ahead of them, to make the finals once again has been a really good season for them. And individually, Bella Habuda's had another outstanding year and has really, really led from the front from that for that South United side. Yeah, look, Bella Habuda's been great. I think also as well, I think Paloma Oliveira as well has been. She's had she's had a great season, solid seasons from you know their their reliable midfield pairing, Amy Moore and uh, Caitlin Cassell. Cassell actually played in the hard defence, which really sort of again that that. Pretty much with their with, with their injuries at the moment, uh, pretty much you know, stifled any sort of attack. Uh, look, Ricatano was was serviceable. I don't think she had one of her better seasons. You no, know, certainly compared to her last couple of seasons, but still, you know, it, it's a past mark. So, look, South had a good season. It's just I think when you start looking at the prism of there's lines and then there's the rest of them, it does look a bit ordinary. But uh, look, I think if you, if you put South in isolation, I think against especially against some of the other clubs, I think they've had. A, have had a pretty good season, you know, under Gary French and um, Paul Giannaris. They most certainly have had a good season. It came to an end on Saturday night out there at Lions Stadium. And after the game, we caught up with the head coach of Lions, Rob Askew. So that's what we had to say. After his side qualified qualify for yet another grand final, we'll be back right after this. I was the weather coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Rob, 9-0 winners here over South in the grand, in the semi-final through to another grand final. Really good points from your side out there tonight. Yeah, it was fantastic, especially the second half, which I think was you know the best forty-five minutes of the season. We were um, not just you know we were just utterly dominant. We pressed hard to win the ball back really quickly, and then we were I think um, we kept the ball well, but kept it in an effective way, looking always to go forward, always to break lines, always to create chances, and we created plenty. And um, but was, was super efficient about the finishing, which I, I, I'm delighted with. Semi-finals can be tricky affairs if you let them become. They must be really happy with the way the side finished the game off early in the second half. Yeah, like that first 10 minutes of the second half was just a dream, you know. Um, a 2-0, you're you you, you know, you're going to be feeling good about yourself. But it's, it's all, you know, notoriously a dangerous um, score in football. So always looking to score in that first 15 minutes and to get three um, and have the game dead and buried by the 10th minute of the second half was, yeah, you couldn't ask for a better outcome. You've got some big game players on your side here. You must be really pleased to see them step up and play their best football at this time of the year. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think you don't want to single anyone out in a performance like that because it was a, an outstanding team performance. But, you, you know, you look at Marielle Hecker, who, um, you know, I think she she scored three. And she probably, I don't think she assisted Tegan's remarkable outlandish lob there, but I think she was an assist in all the other goals. So um, that's a... That's a that's a top performance in any, by anyone's reckoning. So that was great. I, I loved um, I loved Tegan Riding's performance tonight. It was very very impressive. Tara Tara O'Keefe is you know she's just underrated and never mentioned, but she she runs a 10, 10, 10 to fifteen kilometres a match, and she just ball wins, ball wins, and plays it simple. And I thought Georgia Rink had a particularly good game against Bella Habuda, um, who is a you know one of the best strikers in the competition and a very a handful. So for a, George, who's 18, 19, to 
to be just completely nullifying it was um, credit to her as well. I think a performance, as you mentioned there, looking ahead to next week, didn't like everyone got through the semi-final intact, is that the case? Yeah, we brought off Zara because we got feed, we got a message from the field that she her knee was, it was a knee problem, but turns out um, there wasn't, so she's not really happy with me and I don't blame her, so um, I don't think other than that there were any injuries, so uh, we're looking pretty solid for the for the final with a not only a great 11, but a, you know, an outrageously good bench. Absolutely. Looking ahead to that final, we'll be against Gold Coast and all Eastern Suburbs. What are your thoughts on those two matchups? They played pretty well against you this year. Should be an interesting match either way. Well, both teams were difficult when we played them away. Um, so, yeah, you know, but when we played them at home, we, we had comfortable wins. So if we play like that, we don't need to fear anyone. So it's just a matter of us us turning up and being our best. And I'm confident that the girls have that mentality and that that's what will be the outcome. They'll turn up, they'll be the best, and we should get the result. And then just finally fancy trip scouting trip down to the Gold Coast or are you going to watch it from home? No, no I'm going to watch it from home. <laughs> yeah. I've got things to do. Congratulations and good luck. And congratulations also on keeping that 100% grand final appearance in the NPL. Thank you. And thank you to Rob out there on Lions team on Saturday night. Adam and what we're talking about, Rob Askew, he continues this absolutely extraordinary grand final record. He's been to every single one of these NPL women's grand final, winning plenty of them and his side will start as firm favourites again next weekend. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a very, very game person to to be against uh, Lions. I think uh, they're just in, you know, this collection of players I have, it just, it's a, it's a, it's a great team. And uh, yeah, look, Gold Coast United are going to have to be at their best to to really you know, sort of charge them. Which which you know, if I suppose we'll get into that that grand final preview. And look, they they did play earlier season complex, and for the first half an hour or forty minutes, Gold Coast United were the better team. And I think they need they need to start with one difference. They need to actually score. I know a couple of times um, that they hit they hit the woodwork. I can't I can't remember who the players were. It was hit the woodwork twice, didn't they? Yeah. In the first half. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who the players were that actually hit it um, because it was back in I think it was in, you know in late. It was May. round seven. I'll go through in a minute, but it was round seven. Yeah. So so it it is possible. It it is possible to find a way to sort of disrupt this line. So QAS did it you know about a month ago. So while while we wax lyrical about you know how good this this Lions team and they are they are a great team you know you don't you don't go fifty five games unbeaten and not be a great team but there is hope for Gold Coast United and I think what it comes down to and you and I were discussing this before we um came came on air was that uh, look if if uh, Gold Coast can do what they did tonight to East and actually get out to a early lead you know two three goals out really make Lions chase the game. Look, that, that could make things very, very interesting. While Lions, we know, probably have the firepower to do it, it would be a very, very uh, uncomfortable situation, I think, for them to actually try any any grand final on neutral turf to be able to try and you know, chase it down. So I think that's going to be, I think this first, the first half now, the first goal score, I think it's going to be crucial next Saturday night. Yeah, well, I think we were talking about earlier, weren't we, but the um, Gold Coast United side, they've got a lot of tools that you would, you would look for in a side to be able to really challenge. This Lions team, they've got really good experience at the back. They've got plenty of speed in the wide areas. They've got a player in D. Thompson who is one of the league's best goal scorers. So they do have the ingredients. It's just, it's just a matter of can they be the side to put it together against the Lions on the big stage where we've seen the last couple of years, teams probably haven't mm. played their best against Lions on the big stage there at Parc de Paris. So if they can bring their best game next week, I do think they have 
a, a chance of causing what would be an upset. Yeah, and, that, and this is, I think this is, we've been sort of, you know, for a while, we've been sort of, you know, hoping that, you know, the, the real Gold Coast, you know, the one that at their very best, and they are a very, very great side to watch. When they are when they are at their best, this side is, is a pleasure to watch. And we've sort of been hoping they had a couple of yips where, you know, that were, especially even the year that they won the premiership, we, we hope that that was going to be the showdown. Um, that was going to be, there was going to be a showdown sort of, you know, in the, in the grand final. Where where then um, then Logan then sort of surprised them in their a home semi final to knock them off and then Logan just basically you know weren't at the races in that grand final so we we have been starved of you know this big showdown between the two best teams in 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 the uh, MPL women's competition here in Queensland look I've got to hope and pray that you know this this game actually you know both teams do show up at their best and you know we have you know a a good game on uh, on Saturday night. So they haven't met in the final since the 2018 semi-final, I believe it was, and it was a sorry, it was 2019 semi-final, beg your pardon, but that went all the way to penalties at Lions Stadium. So that was a really intriguing game. Obviously, we've, Gold Coast semi-final record hasn't been the best in the last couple of years. Lost at home to to Logan Tearsgo, you mentioned, lost at home to Capalabar last year. They've got over the line tonight, so it'll be a very interesting semi-final. And our oh, grandfather, beg your pardon, and the two matchups they have played. This year, you mentioned the 3-0 win for Lions in round seven down there on the Gold Coast. Two goals from Tegan Riding and one from Tiana Karambasas in that one. They did play most recently in round 16, and Gold Coast United did take an early lead in this game. And Dee Thompson scored yeah. in the third minute before it was a 4-1 win for Lions. as goals from Aisha Nori, an own goal, Tegan Thompson, and then Tegan Riding once again. So they did get out to an early lead in that most recent matchup, but they weren't able to hold on for long enough to make it a nervy occasion. Yeah, look, that's, that's the thing is that you just you did remind me of their matchup at Lions Stadium about about a month ago, uh, and uh, yeah, they did get an early lead, but uh, they, they quickly surrendered. I think it was in I think within twelve minutes, I think it was that they that they were equal. And that yeah, was pretty Dick much Thompson scored the third minute. Ashinori in the eleventh, so it was yeah. like ten minutes. Yeah, so so yeah, like I said, it maybe the first goal won't won't be sort of just won't be the crucial one if you know a team can get back in you know, can get the equaliser fairly quickly. So, but yeah, look, I think that's what it all comes down to. I think that if, you know, both teams show up at their best, they've got, both teams have got big game players. Let's just hope that, you know, both teams show up as advertised and that we have, you know, a cracking game of football. You know, if I, without sitting on the fence, yes, I think that pro lines will say, I do expect them to win, but look, no, I would not be upset if, uh, if Gold Coast, you know, I can now pull off the shock. I think it would be great for football, but, uh, but also as well, I think that you know that. But also as well, Lions, you know, doing the uh, the the double treble also will be a remarkable achievement. So bring it on Saturday night. Whatever happens, will be a tremendous occasion either way. And looking forward to what should be a really good match in the MPL Women's. We'll move on to the FQPL Women's. Adam, starting off with semi-final one up at AJ Kelly Park between the Premiers Peninsula Power and fourth place Virginia United, who scraped into the finals ahead of Brisbane City on the final day of the regular season and. They made a real match of this, Virginia. They kept it really tight and tense and disrupted Peninsula Power the whole way. It looked like it was going to go to penalties before Abby Belford popped up in the 120th plus two with the final touch of the game to head Peninsula Power through to the grand final. And it was dramatic scenes up there at AJ Kelly Park. Perhaps what Peninsula Power deserved given they had the majority of the play, but you've got to give it to Virginia for the way they were able to really make this a really tough match. 
Yeah, let's just deal with Virginia first on that. Like, so it shouldn't become as too much surprise that Virginia really took took it to uh, Pinchot Power. All three games this season, while while um, Virginia lost all three games, they had been competitive contests. Uh, so, look, there, there has been a bit of credit. Look on the balance, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll you know, splitting our time watching it on 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 the iPad as well as you know watching the game live at Lions Stadium. But on the balance, it did look like that uh, that potential power controlled most of the game, but they they just couldn't find a way through. Um, sort of a lot of you know stubborn defence, and that looked that's you know if, if the game plan was to try and you know, go to the lottery of penalties where it is basically a lottery, you know, and you know, they actually last 122 minutes doing that. Look, that's an exceptional performance, but on the potential power side, so happy for Abby Belford. That was a, you know, an unbelievable moment. She, you know, a hundred game plus player. She's in their, in their hall of fame. And um, yeah, look, that was a hall of fame goal and uh, remarkable scenes. And yeah, you know, look, uh, yeah, potential power. They, they came close. I think this, this is the frightening, frightening that they needed to sort of go on with it as premiers going to next week. But uh, yeah, look, uh, <laughs> it, it, I guess there's no sort of, you know, you couldn't write almost a better script for, you know, for the way this, this game ended. Absolutely. Abby's Belford scored plenty of goals for Peninsula Power. No more important than that one as it sends them through to the grand final next week. Adam, and it almost feels like that was the hard game for Peninsula Power to win. That was such a tight, tense game. And quite often when you see that four teams in a, in a final series, that is often the hardest game in the semifinals, and it proved to be the case once again. Yeah, oh, look, absolutely. Uh, especially as well, the Peninsula Power have been up for a while after they after they sort of uh, won, they wrapped up the, uh, the Premier League. I think they had three games to spare. So, yeah, look, at some point it was in a big game, it will always go happen. The, I guess the one uh, chink in the armour for Peninsula Power is uh, they don't have a recognised striker. Um, I, th- I think obviously when your two top scorers is your right back and your centre back, uh, you know, I think it's all two of three. I know um, uh, Izzy Wood is also as well. She, she's up there in the numbers. I haven't got the number in front of me, but but uh, yeah, when, when you've got two of your three top scorers that are, are defenders, obviously goals are going to be hard to come by. Now, defensively, they are, you know, they are, you know, it's Fort Knox almost. So, uh, you know, Tegan Ben. Bedskill and uh, Libby Sobelski are, you know, they're they they're clearly, you know, just a almost, you know, unstoppable pairing at the back. But uh, yeah, I think the, the one thing, and this is almost what came to fruition, was that yeah, they they struggled to score, and and, uh, and yeah, and Virginia nearly sort of outlasted, at least took it to, and they took it to penalties. So Izzy Wood, for the record, is Power's top goal scorer with ten for the season, but. Huh. But Curly Phillips and Tegan Van Vegetal are not far behind either. So to your point, they haven't had that one absolutely standout goal scorer, unlike their opponents in the grand final, which will be Mitchelton, who had a 1-0 win today over Western Pride in the semifinal two. It was Rachel Dudley's 23rd minute goal, which sent Mitchelton through to the grand final. And what was a very even game, Adam, we were talking this up, this could be a bit of a shootout between Kaylee Poufroy and Meg McGillicott. As it turns out, they cancelled each other out, and it was Rachel Dudley who fired Mitchelton through to the, their first ever MPL Women's Grand Final, AFQPL Grand Final, I beg your pardon. 
Yeah, look, uh, congratulations to Mitchelton on that achievement, uh, especially with the year that they've had. That I've some have something cheer, cheerful going into you know next week, uh, where I think that they probably will match up very very well against Pinchot Power. The game that that where uh, Pinchot Power actually sealed the um, sealed the premiership was at Taralba Park. Uh, so I think there might be a receipt, at least you know, try to be passed on by Mitchelton in that in that uh, in the grand final next week. But uh, yeah, this was a really tight game. Like both both teams, it was 18 goals total for the whole in in the uh, regular season between these two sides. So and and they and they weren't. It wasn't a lopsided score lines either. I think it was uh, four. Four three four two and I think another four three or something like that. So like I said, it was a very even goal scoring this time. But obviously both defenses showed up uh, for the, for this game. And yeah, it was Rachel Dudley's goal in twenty third minute that that sealed it. It was, and again, it was a really really even game. And looking ahead to the grand final, Adam, now between Peninsula Power and Mitchelton FC, this is a really good matchup. It's the top two sides in the league all year, but it's the best defense against probably the best attack in my mind, not just with Kaylee Pufo, but Rachel Dudley's had a really, really good end of the season. And there's a dual threat there now for Mitchelton. So I think this shapes up as a really intriguing matchup where you've got a really solid defense against some outstanding attacking talent. Yeah, it, it, I think it's what I think this is where the battles, you know, the battles are drawn on this. Is that yeah, if uh, if if Kelly Pufo has scored all all three goals uh, against Power in their in their league matchup. Uh yeah, that if she if she somehow you know catches the light and you know, and starts scoring, look it may it may that may turn tied for, for Mitchelton. Uh but look again, it is a very, very strong, you know, defensive pairing, you know. They 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 are lights out, uh Ben Vegetal and uh Cybulski and uh yeah and that, like I said, I, I always subscribe to defense wins your championships and that defense, you know, if if they if they are on song as I have been for for the uh, 22 games they've played this season, uh, look, I, I think you know, Power might be home, but they've, they've got to also find a way to go. I think that's just the key thing. Uh, Vicky Lyons has just come back uh, from injury, I do believe. Uh, I know she was on the bench uh, uh, last night, but um, yeah, they, 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 I think that's the added, added uh, point that they need to also find a way to score and you know put that pressure on Mitchelton to try and sort of come back and score against that defence. So they have played three times this season. In round five, it was a 2-0 win at Travel Park for Peninsula Power. Goals from Curly Phillips and Tegan Van Vegchel there. They played at Asia Kelly Park in round 12. That was a two-all draw. Kelly Poufoy got two goals in that game for Mitchelton. And in the final game, it was a 3-1 win for Peninsula Power. At your point, that was the day they wrapped up the premiership. Adam, and it's interesting because only Izzy Wood scored multiple goals against um, Mitchelton this year. So I guess that proves the point that power do have a lot of different avenues to goal. And I think they'll be leaning on that once again next weekend. Absolutely. That, like I said, just because they don't have a, at the moment, a recognized a free scoring number nine, like Mitchelton do, doesn't mean that, yeah, that they, they, you know, that they don't have those threats. Look, uh, you know, and Emily Phillips, especially her, her set pieces, it's going to be absolutely vile. She's the one who put the corner in that, you know, that, that Abby Belford scored off uh, on the corner, so obviously it was, it was pin, pinpoint precision. She's she's going to be she's going to be uh, very very um, crucial to that as well. Like yeah, uh, the the long the long shot threat of uh, Van Getschel as well. So you know she she can she can certainly score a goal from long range. So yeah, they do have multiple threats. It's just it's not a consistent threat. So I think I think it's where sort of you know this is going to be a very very interesting game. I 
I actually think yeah, this this will be this will be a cracking game. Um, I said if, if the game that that uh, I saw live at at Taralba Park in the last meeting is anything to go by, uh, this this is going to be a cracking grand final. So look, I think both sides are pretty heavily, uh, pretty equally weighted in this. Should be a very very good. FQPL Women's Grand Final next weekend. And before we wrap up, we don't normally do too much on the Metro Leagues on this show due to time constraints. And we will go through the results of the Grand Finals played this weekend at Parc de Paris. And we'll start off on the Women's Hunters have been going through their results all show so far. In FQPL 2, it was a 2-0 win for Rabina City over Turinga Rovers. And in FQPL 3, it was a 1-0 win for the Mount Gravatt Hawks over North Brisbane. Well, on the men's side in FQPL 6 will go um, lowest to highest in this case, Adam. FQPL 6 was a 1-0 win for Yoronga FC over Ridge Hills United. In FQPL 5, it was Springfield United 3, Brighton 1. FQPL 4 was Redcliffe 4, Logan Metro 2. And in FQPL 3, it was St. George Willowong 3, Bayside United 2. So congratulations to, to Rabina, Ma- Rabina, Malkravat. Yoronga, Springfield, Redcliffe, and St. George Willowong on their grand final wins. It's always great to win a grand final, Adam, and those sides will be celebrating heavily, no doubt, in the next couple of days. Oh, absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, of those top two grades, uh, St. George Willowong in the, in the FQPL 3 men and Rabina City in FQPL 2 women, uh, both they both join the Premier Leagues next season in uh, FQPL 2 and FQPL 1, respectively. So um, we'll obviously see more of them. But look, it's good to see uh, Yoronga right down the bottom, FQPL 6. They've, they uh, have transitioned from uh, the, uh, what's it called, the, Q League, is it? Q League, I think yeah, it's called the uh, yeah. Basically, uh, the their um the side the, the the club that are across the road from Olympic. See at Leishon Park, uh, at down at Yoronga, and um, like I said they they graduated from from the Q League uh, first year in league football, and they are obviously promoted up to to FQPL five along with their their vanquished rivals, um, Rich Hills United. I know both both. You and I have connections with with uh, them, so unfortunately they couldn't get the job done today. But we'll see them in FQPL five. Um, but also as well, yeah, congratulations to all all those clubs uh, as well. You know, like see a grand final on on a, a neutral venue, big stage is um, Parc de Paris. Look, it's uh, yeah, I think I think it's a great initiative uh, by Football Queensland to at least give um, some some meaning highlight to the uh, the grand finals of those grades. Absolutely, they've done a really good job this weekend. And also, there's a whole bunch of other grand finals around the state as well, which are played mm-hmm. this weekend. You mentioned that connection to Ridge Hills. I might have played a grand final for them in a junior grade. Luckily, losing to Redcliffe, who won a grand final this weekend of all teams. So that that's enough on that. But you did mention <laughs> one thing. When we're talking about Yoronga. One big story from which we haven't mentioned is the departure of yes. Ben Khan to, from Olympic FC down to Melbourne Knights, the well-trodden path down to MPL Victoria. And we, it's fair to say... We wish him all the best down there. He's always been great to us on the Brisbane Football Review, talking to us whenever we, we ask him to, and he's always been great to us. And we wish him all the best down in Melbourne going forward. Absolutely. Um, look, regarded probably as the best coach uh, outside of the A-Leagues at the moment. Uh, and look, uh, five, five years at Olympic, five grand final appearances. Yes, yes. look, the byline, yes, he didn't win any of them. But you still got to get you got to get them there and look. So I, I think it's a it's a great signing. It's a great loss for uh, 
the MPL Queensland, a great game for MPL Victoria. And look, we wish him nothing but the best. And you know, I'm sure we'll cross paths with him um, in in uh, hopefully in the near future. But uh, yeah, we wish him well, and we might actually have to keep an eye on um, on how how all our Queenslanders are going down there because I reckon uh, his departure might be the start of yet another exodus uh, from from uh, from the Queensland League to the South Queensland League. Absolutely, the South Queensland League is going to be stacked next year. I've been making an unofficial list in the last couple of years of the amount of players with Queensland connections down there in the MPL Southern Conference of Queensland, and we might have to make that an official list next season. Let's see how we go with that. But before that, Adam, who is your performer of the week this week? Uh, look, uh, my performer of the week, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to back up the the, uh, the award as well. No, and my performer of the week, we got Tegan Riding. I think, uh, yes, uh, she did win our um, Brisbane Football Review uh, MVP for the MPL Women's Competition, which we presented before the game. And she come out duly and scored a hat-trick and a couple of assists. So I think that I think she sort of uh, said that uh, pretty much that she deserved that. But uh, look, I'll give an honourable mention as well uh, to the mighty Morton Bay under-23 women's side. Uh, congratulations to them. They uh, they went to Complex uh, this afternoon, the, so the curtain raiser game, to the, the MPL women's uh, semi-final down there and knocked off the Premier's Gold Coast United 3-2 in a big comeback. And they will face uh, Lions next uh, next Sunday at uh, at Perry Park. So I wish them, wish them well and it's good to see, uh, with the disappointment of their senior women's team being relegated to FQPL one, um, it's good to see that you know, there might there might be a chance at least picking up a under twenty threes MPL trophy, you know, before they make the make the uh, drop down next season. Good to see you staying on brand there, Mr. Maris. Speaking of Morton Bay, congratulations to Cameron Miller, who will be yes. the head coach of the Morton Bay men's side in twenty twenty three, and also to point, congratulations to Tegan Riding, who did pick up our Brisbane Football Review Player of the Year in MPL Women's, and it was pretty much unanimous it was going to be taken right. So congratulations to her on that award. My performer of the week will actually be Dee Thompson from the Gold Coast United wedding, goal, grand final birth. What what else could you want this weekend? It's a, it's a perfect weekend, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, look, yeah, we... we like we know how how great player she is as well in this league, and you know, like I said, it is it's funny our performance of the week. You know, you know the the opposite number nines in in this uh, you know for grand final combatants next week, and you know, may may the best team win. I, I think, like, as I said earlier in the show, I hope that the MPL Women's Grand Final is a spectacle next week because I think you've got two good teams. Let's just hope both teams show up. Hopefully, it's the case. So that'll do it for this shortened edition of the MPL Queens show here on. The NPL Sunday show here on the Prison Football. The last couple have been hour-long marathons. A bit of a shorter show for you this week. We will be back again next week for our season finale of the NPL Sunday show for season 2022 to recap the NPL and FQPL Grand Finals. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thank you and good night. We'll be back once again next week to recap those Grand Finals and we'll talk to you all then.